Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Buffalo Beat. My name is Joe Biscaglia. Thank you all for listening. And we uh, we have a very special week here because the Bills are going up against the team that uh, has been kind of the, well, not kind of, the overlord of the AFC East for all but a couple of years uh, since the turn of the century. And now, with the Patriots back in first place, it uh, it appears that the Bills have a bit of a fight on their hands, especially when they get closer to their Monday night game against the Patriots, which should be a doozy. So we're uh, we're gonna get deep into this matchup, maybe how both of these teams have have looked throughout the year. Uh, but without further ado, look. What the cat dragged back in, Matthew Fairburn. Welcome back to the Buffalo Beat, my friend. What's going on? Uh, <laughs> good to be back. It uh, feels like I never left in some ways. It's only been uh, a few months here, but um, this has been a, a fun week. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to, to Orchard Park here in a few days and uh, getting back in that stadium. And, uh, you know, this matchup's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, I guess... What I was wondering most is how much you have been keeping up on on the Bills. I mean, I, obviously you're you know about the Patriots and you're learning more about the Patriots and the ins and outs with them. But how much have you been keeping up? I mean, partially because of the division. So what uh, what how what's the what's the line of of interest throughout the season as you're trying to cover a different team? Yeah, I've definitely kept an eye on them in part because it is the division and it's such a big part of, you know, the Patriots story is, you know, what's happening with the Bills and the way the schedule has worked out. You know, I had kind of one eye on the Steelers game in week one because the Patriots played at four o'clock. The Bills had those primetime games against the Chiefs and Titans. So I saw both of those. Uh, I was Patriots were on Thursday night football before that Colts game. So I watched the mm -hmm. entire Colts game and Thanksgiving. The the Patriots were off and the Bills were on. So that's a decent chunk of the season that I've seen. And then, you know, obviously reading what you and Tim are doing. And, you know, my feed is still full of, uh, you know, Bill's <laughs> takes and, and reporting, um, you know, on Twitter. So I'd say a decent amount. Uh, it's kind of interesting to it's the first time I've ever covered a game in this way where it's like, I certainly know a lot about the Patriots, but maybe know even more about the opponent. You know, usually you're asking <laughs> right. questions and getting a surface level view of the opponent. You know, you're right. asking about the big name players or whatever. And Jacoby Myers was at, at the podium yesterday and seemed a little surprised when I asked him about Taron Johnson. 
Um, you know, just because, <laughs> and probably not a guy that jumps out of, jumps to mind, but like that's an interesting matchup to me. You know, two guys that uh, are both you know kind of under the radar at their positions, but it, it's a weird weird feeling knowing this much about the opponent. Um, and you know, I've definitely definitely kept tabs and you know kind of I, I would say those games you know that i mentioned in some ways tell the story of their season uh mm. and you know what they're who they are what they're what they are to this point and then you know kind of just looking at you know what they did to some other teams you know i was kind of it is funny from a distance to be keeping tabs when, you know, first half of some of these games, they're playing terrible. And I see Sal Mayorana and, you know, all these other people <laughs> on my feed, just the sky is falling, you know, the, you know, the bills are going to lose. And then at the end of the day, I check the score and it's like 40 to nothing against the Texans or something. I'm like, oh, I guess that turned out okay. Um, but yeah, I've definitely kept tabs. It's, you know, interesting, obviously know a lot of those players and people in that building so it's uh something i've kept tabs on for sure yeah it's got to be weird because you you and i covered training camp together and so it's it's not like you're you're foreign to things of this roster that that uh, have happened basically the entire team uh, of the bills you saw and you analyzed and you got to know um before you uh, went to the Patriots uh, beat before, like, I don't know, a couple days before week one. Um, so it's, it, it, that is, that has got to be pre- pretty interesting. Like, I don't know if, if you throw out a random Saran Neal line to one of the special teams guys, it'd be like, oh, wow, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, um, it's weird. The only thing that, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I remember at some point in whatever point it was, week three, week four, all of a sudden Spencer Brown was in the lineup and mm-hmm. Daryl Williams was at guard. And I was like, oh, wow, imagine mm-hmm. that. Like, but it wasn't as if it was like, how did this happen? You know, it was, you know, we watched training camp, you know, we know those guys well. Um, but, you know, seeing the shuffling on the offensive line has been the only thing that it's like, oh, geez, like they, you know, turns out Spencer Brown might be ahead of schedule or, mm-hmm. um, you know, little things like that, that, you know, there's gaps uh, in my knowledge that that I catch up on. But, yeah, it is weird, you know, during these these press conferences. I'm like, I don't want to be like that kid in class who's asking about, you know, Tyler Matakavich and, and Saran right. Neal. But J- Jacoby Myers is up there and I'm like, oh, he's got to go up against Taron Johnson and. Uh, most people probably don't know who that is <laughs> most of the time because he's one of those under the radar guys outside of Buffalo. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's little things about what the Bills do and you know this matchup that you know I feel overly familiar with. I, I do feel more familiar with the Patriots' opponent than the Patriots at this point. I mean, that's yeah. the nature of being there for seven years plus a training camp. Is you know that there's a different knowledge of how they've been built and who each one of those guys is and you know it's kind of makes for an interesting week of prep yeah the um and the bills are like they're i know you've been you've been keeping up on them and you saw the thanksgiving game the bills have been like completely hit or miss this year right i mean they have either just came through and blown out a team um and you know we we saw them do it against a lot of backup quarterback types like it, there was Jacoby Brissett mixed in there um Trevor Simeon uh let's see Davis Mills 
Taylor Heineke, like all of the, oh, um, how can I forget, Mike White, uh, like all of these different backup quarterbacks, if if you kind of look at it that way, it's it's been remarkable uh, to their season. They're the two starting quarterbacks that they have beaten this year so far are Tua and uh, Patrick Mahomes, and it almost feels like that Mahomes victory was was kind of a one off because they they blew out the Chiefs on the road on Sunday Night Football. It was their biggest win of the year, bar none. Um, but they haven't really had any type of result like that since. Every other game that they've gone up against pretty much legitimate um, AFC playoff teams has not gone their way. They lost in a heartbreaker to Tennessee. Pittsburgh, they kind of... Uh, they 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 lost that game rather than Pittsburgh winning. They you know, there was a lot of plays to be had. Um, the Colts they just got their doors blown off by by those guys. Uh, so there's it's it's been weird this year because something that we talked about heading in before you went off to the Patriots beat was how this team would play as the the dominant force or as the superior superiorly thought team and they haven't really done well with it. That don't like I like I mentioned that that one that one off against the Chiefs, the Mahomes game, um, they that was a bit different because everyone kind of thought they were going to lose that game because, you know, the Chiefs have been the the ones that have been in charge of the AFC for the last few years. So it's it's been a weird season because they have been almost struggling with the expectations of being the team that's supposed to win these games and really only uh, beating the heck out of the teams that are down and and haven't really uh, had too much of a, of a of a fight left in them. So yeah, they, and I wonder how much of that um, how much of that kind of bleeds outside of Buffalo because people in Buffalo are talking about it but I don't know if that's like because you look at their record and say ooh 7 and 4 but it's kind of a weird 7 and 4 Yeah it is and I think you know the the conversation came up after that Colts game of like are the Bills a soft team right like and mm-hmm. you know that certainly bled into New England a little bit especially given the way the Patriots are built as a team that you know plays really good defense, you know, runs the ball, can line up with a fullback and a couple of tight ends and, you know, run it right at you. And what I've said to people is that I think the Bills, you know, it's weird to, you know, call a team soft in the NFL. Um, The Bills have a really good defense, right? It's one of the best in the league in most statistical categories. What happened against the Colts was, you know, pretty embarrassing but it was also a lot of remember that game a couple of years ago Andrew Luck was still playing against Derek Anderson and the Colts running game you know their scheme Frank Reich kind of has Sean McDermott's number a little bit scheme wise it feels like yeah they gave Uh, him trouble in the playoffs last year yeah so I I think there's something to that matchup um, as opposed to just saying you know the team isn't physical enough or whatever else they were also without you know star and and Edmonds, but mm-hmm. I think if you want to call them soft, it's a mental thing. It's what you mentioned, not being able to handle being the front runner. And that doesn't mean that they won't figure it out over the next month or two. Uh, and 
that this little mid-season lull won't pull them together and refocus them in time for the postseason because all along, all summer, we said it, it doesn't really matter what happens in the regular season. They don't have to go 14-3, and 13-4. Uh, you know, again, they can just get into the postseason and get hot at the right time because they have enough talent. The the This game in particular, to me, will say a lot about where the Bills are. It, it feels like, and this has certainly been, I think, the the thought, you know, here is that this the game has a lot more riding on it. The, the Bills have a lot more riding on this game. You know, the, the Bills, mm-hmm. if they lose this game, it's not about tiebreakers or the division or whatever. If they lose this game to the Patriots and, you know, fall behind in the division like that, I think that does something psychologically to your team to, you know, have gotten the, the you know, this team into the rearview mirror last year and to have them sneak right back up, mm-hmm. go into your place with a rookie quarterback against your MVP candidate, that would be tough. The Patriots, you know, I think have a little more leeway in terms of defining success when you have a rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, it feels like they don't have as much to lose in this case. I know they don't think that way in the building. They certainly aren't preparing that way. And I think Bill Belichick has a lot of um, motivation after that 38-9 to loss they took a year ago. But it just feels like a loss would, would, you know, crush the Bills a little bit more than it would the Patriots at this stage in their respective builds. Yeah, I I totally agree with you there. I mean, I think people in this area right now are looking at this game as a gotta have it because what what happens if they end up losing? I mean, the Patriots have played one more game than the Bills, so it would feel like a bigger gap than it is between the two sides. But you know, if if the Bills were to lose this game, Patriots go to nine and four, Bills are down to seven and five. But the Bills have a, a fairly soft schedule um, down the stretch of their season. Uh, they've got games against the Panthers, the Jets. They've got a game against the Falcons. So, like, those are those are three wins that they should probably have. And then they've got a game against the Bucks and another against the Patriots. And am I forgetting one? I think I might be forgetting one. Uh, no, no, it's only five left after this week. It's um, a pretty similar schedule to New England because they get the bye, then they play the Colts, then they play the Bills again. But then it's Jaguars, Dolphins. Well, those tricky it. Jaguars. So, well, the Dolphins are uh, trickier for these Patriots. Uh, yeah, that's true. Weird league of matchups where... Uh, I don't know. I feel like the Jaguars coming to Foxborough is going to be ugly. But, you know, the Patriots traveling to Miami to end the season might be a little tricky. But similar schedules in that they play each other again. Pat- or Patriots have the Colts. Bills have the Bucks, So they both have a tough game in there. Yeah. And then the rest are are winnable. The only difference is the, the Patriots still have a bye mixed in. Right. And so I, I think... Like that's that's why it it kind of feels weird because there's a lot of talk that the Bills have to win this one, right? Because a lot of what you're talking about, the psychological aspect, um, even McDermott this week, I'm sure you saw all the tweets about it, um, how he referred to them in his first press conference of the week, at, or just dropped it in as the first place New England Patriots, and you know as well as I do, like that stuff is not 
a mistake that he he means to do that like and he's only done it a couple of times this this year where he's wanted to get a point across through the media and I think that that line right there was certainly a uh one that was like basically shouting it off the rooftops like hey we're the underdogs we're the underdogs and this is this all goes back to what we were talking about because you and I both well know this Bills team has been just feeding off this underdog thing for years on end and it's where they're most comfortable and which is why I wonder what type of response that they might have in this game um but it well, really even feels McDermott this week uh on that news conference that he you know New England media was on there and he you know was mentioning how many more years experience bill belichick had than he did exactly you know how he was just you know hoping to continue to grow and learn and blah 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 and it was like (laughs) my ass man like you're you know you're how many years you've been doing this like this is you know and but that's how these things go right it's like a lot of kissing of the respective feet on either side you know you know uh really laying it on thick and you know like that's how this goes i mean every week on wednesday belichick steps to the podium and it's like close to a thousand words on the opponent and you would think they were playing a team like the bills every single week you know Mm -hmm. and you know he he has that way but i i noticed that about mcdermott you know with the really really laying it on thick about you know how much more experience belichick had and you could tell there was he probably wants it that way. He wants mm-hmm. to get back into that underdog spot because, and that's what, I mean, that's what a lot of teams do. The Patriots, there was, I know Tim has, has referenced how, you know, Bill Belichick has gotten on the podium after they won a Super Bowl and been like, nobody believed in us. And it's like, nobody <laughs> believed in the Patriots. Like, you know, I mean, but teams can psych themselves up that way. And it seems like it might be psychologically the best tool in McDermott's uh, you know, toolbox as he gets down the stretch of the season. Like if he can somehow convince the Bills and those players that they're the underdog, they do a lot better with that than they do with being yeah. a front-running team. They just, I don't know what it is about them. It's probably because a lot of them are inherently underdogs, um, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, a lot of them sure. were, you know, it's kind of a, a played out, you know, storyline, but a lot of them were overlooked and passed over and you know they bring that stuff up in team meetings all the time and i think that might be part of it like most of these guys aren't used to being really good and being like that team that everybody is praising all the time and everybody's hunting all the time so i don't know it, it was definitely interesting to see you know mcdermott come out of the gate with that this week yeah, he really laid it on thick. Like he he did that. He he praises the opponent usually, but not not quite like that. Um so it's it is interesting because I think he does feel the enormity of the week and it's it's not just it's not just an average game. They are at home prime time in a big spot. Uh the betting line is basically a coin flip. Um, it was the Bills favored by three, which is just the the normal thing for uh, uh, the normal advantage that a home team gets. So it's basically a pick them in, in their minds. So uh, there's there's a lot about this game and certainly the ramifications with the AFC East and getting home field games in the playoffs. Heck, if the Bills make, they'll probably make the playoffs. 
But if they, it's not, it's not a guarantee. It's not a shoe in as much as it was, you know, when the Bills were four and one after they just crushed the Chiefs. Um, their their season has been kind of weird since since that night, and I think a lot of it has to do with with those expectations that we're talking about. So, and heck, even like their MVP quarterback has that story. He's never been never been that guy where. Everyone's like, "Oh, Josh Allen, absolutely." <laughs> There's always Even been a certain. Still, I feel like people yeah, are like, "Well, absolutely. I don't know." Like, and he's putting up similar numbers. The whole thing, mm-hmm. you know. I wonder. I do wonder how much uh, Bill Belichick is in Sean McDermott's head at all. Uh, if he, you know, wrestled any of that away, uh, no pun. Is intended. that a pun? <laughs> Last year. Um, you know, by winning a couple of games and maybe got that, you know, out of his head a little bit. But I think back to when he was, you know, chasing, uh, chasing, I think it was Steve Belichick and, and somebody else off the field. Remember during warmups that one year? Oh, uh, that's right. McDermott was like, just like all bent out of shape about, you know, a couple of them being on the field a little too long or whatever it was. And, you know, I know, I mean, anytime, AFC's coaches over the years have talked about it. I mean, many of them have had their career ruined by Bill Belichick, like being mm-hmm. in the same division as Belichick. And he really does understand a lot of the the psychological components of a matchup. And, uh, you know, it seems like when there's an experience advantage, like a major one um, uh, in Belichick's favor, uh, it, it shows up in the scoreboard. I mean, there's some teams that it's like you almost know going into it that Belichick's going to be able to, you know, embarrass. I mean, like the Jets, like they're, you're not going to have a close game against the Jets. Like he's he's got an extra, you know, chip on his shoulder about them that he's always had. And, you know, with a rookie coach, he's just going to blow him out. Like he's just going to embarrass him from a scheme standpoint and, you know, from a in-game management standpoint. And I don't think there's as big a gap between – him and McDermott as a lot of other coaches in the league, mm-hmm. but it does seem like something that McDermott is very mindful of. And, you know, there's an intimidation factor there, right? You know, you can't out muscle the guy on the other sideline. Like they don't do anything on the field, but it's like, it would be hard for there not to be like, what is this guy thinking? What's he going to do next? What's he going to, you know, what's he got up his sleeve? And it felt, I don't know, I mean, last year, 38 to 9, like, I remember thinking, you know, it felt like they were pouring it on in that game, which, hey, yeah, for you sure. know, the, the Patriots have done that to a lot of teams in the past, but it was like, they're poking the bear a little bit here, you know, it was like that, I went back and looked at the Patriots roster, now being more familiar with, you know, their team and, you know, what, what they have, and it was like, man, like, Half of these guys are on the Patriots practice squad right now, some of them aren't on the team, you know, Jared Stidham and cam newton were throwing passes in that game uh it was an ugly roster uh because of opt-outs and injuries and other things so personnel wise this is going to be a lot different what they have to deal with i you brought up you brought up this guy's name and i have to ask have you talked to steve belichick yet because i mean just anytime the patriots are, are on prime time and a camera goes on that guy people are like man the faces that guy makes it's it's a it's a treat uh what what he's doing during the game yeah they make him available a decent amount actually oh really uh, because he's technically i mean he's not the defensive coordinator but he sort of is um, okay. 
it's very ambiguous who's actually calling plays, um, but he is involved in that. So is Gerard Mayo. So they, the way they, you know, because teams have to make assistant coaches available once a week now, um, mm-hmm. or once every other week, they have to make them all available. And every week they have to do coordinators. So because the Patriots don't have a coordinator in title, a lot of the times it's either Steve or Gerard Mayo or they, you know, choose somebody else. But yeah, he's actually kind of like a, um, it's why he's on TV because he, he does have um, gotcha. play calling responsibilities. He's an interesting guy to talk to. He's got, and I was his, gonna other, say. Uh, his other son is on staff as well and does availabilities as well. Um, Brian, he's, he's a little bit, um, I don't know. They both have <laughs> qualities of their dad when they're talking to you, you know, they're not gonna, you know, if you ask a stupid question, they're gonna treat it as such. And Steve is very, you know, very good at, at not saying anything. Um, uh, but Brian is, you know, a little bit more open. It seems like, um, it's kind of funny that, that they're both on this staff and mm-hmm. like that they're available a decent amount, you know, it's kind of a, it's an interesting um interesting period of time in this uh you know this franchise and where bill is at in his career all right uh i mean steve steve belichick notwithstanding tell me about mac jones and how this team or how he is well i guess i don't i don't know that he's necessarily the, the biggest component to it but how he is like for the most part help this team get to where they are by by not screwing up and delivering some pretty nice pet like I remember I, I went back and I watched the Chargers game because I think the the Chargers and the Bills are probably the two most similar of the teams that the Patriots have played recently um and he delivered a dime down the field to Nelson Aguilar for like a 40 or 50 yard gain um so what is it about Mac Jones that uh has Patriots fans in such a in such a fever right now yeah he's certainly got people uh, all sorts of fired up around here it's funny that chargers game was probably his i wouldn't say his worst game of the season but mm-hmm. it was he was off target a lot in that game yeah. compared to other games um he had his highest percentage of of off target passes um pro football focus charts that stuff um have the number here somewhere but he was off target like more so than he was in most games but his the way it's so interesting following him from the start after watching josh allen from the start because it is so different Mm -hmm. and it really underscores how there's I mean, to to steal a phrase from Stefan Diggs, there's a hundred ways to milk a cow, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but there's there aren't there which, aren't actually. there are not a hundred ways to milk a cow. Um, I'm not many people sure. replied and said there are two. It's I was either by say, hand I'm, or machine. I was going to say I'm not even sure there's more than one. But um, my favorite thing yeah. is as he was walking away, he's like, "Yeah, hundred ways to milk a cow," and then he looked at looked at us and went, "Yeah, I made that up." I wonder if he in his brain, you know, was. I don't even know. I can't pretend to crawl inside that. He's he's a he's like one of the most in. He is every single time he talks, it's like okay, let's let's hear what he's what he has to say. This he's he's great in person, great, so much different than Zoom. He is interesting, Um, but that's kind of the way I think about um, 
you know, there's not one way it works in terms of scouting, drafting, and developing a quarterback. You know, it's not a one-size-fits-all deal. And what worked for Josh Allen might not work for Mac Jones and vice versa. They are 2018 Josh Allen and 2021 Mac Jones are so drastically different. Um, Mac Jones is really quick to process and make decisions, and he is not often trying to be the one to escape the pocket and do too much, push the ball downfield. He's made mistakes. He's thrown interceptions like most rookie quarterbacks do. But a lot of the time, he's. it seems like when he's making an interception or throwing a, a dangerous pass, he's almost making too quick of a decision. Like he's gone through the reads, you know, he's rushed through his reads a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know, fired the ball out too quick when, you know, having a little bit of patience would have would have made more sense. But he's kind of out of the box ready. And I think what it is to me is that whether you think Mac Jones is really good or not, I think what everybody has to acknowledge is that the fit here is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, Josh McDaniels is really uh, a solid offensive coordinator, a really good play caller. Uh, understands how to develop, you know, Mac Jones and and not put too much on him. He has Bill Belichick, who I think is underrated. You know, everybody thinks about him as a defensive guy, but I think his offensive mind works just as well because of everything he knows about defense and, and things like that. So Mac Jones, there won't be, you know, six or seven plays a game that, you're like, wow, how did he do that? But when you go back at the end of the day, it's like, wow, he had a really good day. He didn't, you know, he made pretty much all the right decisions. And I think it's changed some of how I I look at quarterback play and think about it is like, you have to really watch closely sometimes to figure out the thing, you know, the things that he's doing well. It's like, oh, he all he did was throw a seven yard out route there like that was nothing special but like before the snap he might have recognized something Uh, he got the ball out quickly he understood that he couldn't go to the other spot and he delivered an accurate ball I mean he is I think he's completed over 70 percent of his passes in all but like five games this year four or five games I mean he's he he's had 80 percent in two of his last three Um, extremely accurate extremely quick decisions and you know he's operating you know people have asked me this week is he driving the car or is he along for the ride i do feel like he's driving the car um but he just has a really nice car um Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. you know that's uh you know that's helpful um and he's got you know somebody in the passenger seat giving him really good directions so i think you know it's a it's an interesting you know, case study and quarterback play because he's been the best rookie quarterback this year by a considerable margin. Will he be the best quarterback of this class in three years? I don't know, but I don't buy that it's only because he's in New England. Mm-hmm. I don't think Mac Jones would necessarily be this good elsewhere, but I'll also say I don't know that any of the other quarterbacks would be this good this quickly in New England. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been you know, a good match. And I'm curious to see how much he can grow. 
because I think that's the biggest question about him. How how close to a finished product is he? Uh, you know, how much of what we see now is what we'll see in a few years, or how much can he take it to another level? Yeah, that that is that is the thing that jumped out to me most every time I've watched Mac Jones is because you see all the the heady stuff that that he does ahead of the snap, and you know certainly the accuracy is great. Uh, there's no getting around that for for a player in his first year being able to process the way that he has and to deliver the ball accurately the way that he has has been has been really unique to a lot of different quarterbacks that have come through in the early stages of their career and certainly unique to what Josh Allen went through uh, the first year that, that he was slinging the Duke around. Um, but that, that is the, what you just brought up is the thing that kind of came up to me a bunch because right now the formula for the Patriots is a really good one. They've got a quarterback that um, knows how to how to read things and how to get the ball out and, and get the ball out efficiently. They've got a good borderline great offensive line. I think it all depends on if their right tackles healthy. Um, and they've got good running backs in in Harris and Stevenson. Uh, I mean the wide receivers are are solid. I wouldn't say that they're spectacular, but the defense is spectacular. Um, so you have all of these different things. My, my question is, and this is an answer we won't have until many years down the line is what happens when a team, it, their cap hit is solely surrounded around Mac Jones, as opposed to, um, you know, being able to diversify. And this, this rookie window is something we always talked about in Buffalo before, um, before Josh Allen signed his mega extension, like, Okay, so how is it going to look when you don't have that? Don't have all these assets to pour into your um, into your defense, into your offensive line, uh, into your tight ends for the from a Patriots perspective. Uh, that's and it it does not make a lick of difference to this Monday night. But it, it's it's the thing that I could not get out of my brain the entire time I was watching Mac Jones. Like how much how much can he elevate everyone around him as opposed to. Um, and as opposed to, you know, just being heady and making the right reads and sometimes not making the right reads where he, like you pointed out, he's, he's not uh, patient enough sometimes. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's really the, the question that seems to pop up with Mac Jones the most is this idea of, of upside and how much room he has to grow. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I find it interesting as I've watched him more so people roll their eyes because on national broadcasts, you know, you know, they they really fawn over this kid. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's like, oh, it's Tom Brady all over again. Yeah. Right? The second you know, coming. You know, yeah. And Tom Brady has had a one of a kind career, um, not just because of what he's accomplished, but because of like the different he's almost had like three different careers in one Um because of the different stages he went through. Uh, and he became a player that could carry the Patriots for you know a few years into his career. Yeah. Comparing anybody to what Tom Brady became is, you know, entirely premature. But it is a little spooky, like the similarities between this team and the 2001 Patriots and the way Tom Brady played then is not drastically different than the way Mac Jones plays now. So 
what I find interesting is that when we talk about upside, and even as you know, one of the last things I wrote before switching beats was about, you know, kind of the statistical view and the, you know, different view of like whether Josh Allen would take a step back. And a lot of people said, you know, he only has room to grow. But we what we know about progression and about development in any walk of life, especially football, is that it's not linear. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, he could have a bad year and then have a couple of really great years after that. Uh, he could, you know, it can go up and down. And but people assume because Josh Allen started from a point with, you know, hard to coach skills in terms of his size, his arm strength, his athletic ability, ability to extend plays, the way his brain works to always be looking for that big play. They think the room to grow is unlimited, right? Which, of course, there's always a limit. But when you look at a quarterback like Mac Jones, the assumption is that there is a built-in ceiling because physically he doesn't have as strong an arm as Josh Allen. He's not as big as Josh Allen, and he's not as athletic as him or Lamar Jackson or uh, quite a few quarterbacks. He's not. He's not. You know the most Trey athletic Lance. guy, right? Yeah, he's Trevor Lawrence for that matter. Um, mm-hmm. But then. Think about the best quarterbacks of the last 20 years of the of the 2000s since it became a passing league. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees in, are in the top five, I would say, for most people. And you could say a lot of the same things about them, right? You know, the arm strength. Good enough. Um, weren't mm-hmm. the, weren't leading the league, uh, in that category, uh, accuracy was there for all three. What they did mentally was absolutely at the top. None of those quarterbacks wowed you physically. I mean, Peyton Manning was a real, and Tom Brady are real tall guys, uh, but they're not, you know, winning a, a foot race with too many people. I think what becomes hard about that is, you know, like I said, it's impossible to sit here and say like, oh, Mac Jones, you know, to look at what he is and say he'll become one of those three quarterbacks. But I think it speaks to how much we can't see in -hmm. terms of quarterback development. Everything that goes on between the ears and how you process the game has a lot to do with, has a lot more to do with your upside than people think. But because we can't see it and because it's really hard to quantify and measure, it's not as easy to sit here and say Mac Jones has the potential to be the best quarterback in the league. When in theory, you know, I think physically he's got enough talent to be that. Um, And there's always room to grow physically. Uh, We saw it with Aaron Rodgers. So I don't know. I've, I've found it to be this interesting question because there's so many times where you're just you're not overwhelmed by what you saw Mac Jones right. do in a For given sure. game. But you walk away and think, well, he really got the job done, and they just completely blew that team out. Uh, And he made some really accurate, catchable throws. And so that's such a fascinating part of him as a player is, like, where will he go? Yeah. And he's got the advantage of, you know, for now, Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, which is a huge advantage, um, you know, compared to what all the other rookie quarterbacks walked into. But I think the other part of the question is how good does he even need to be for them to 
accomplish what they want to accomplish. A rookie quarterback has never been to the Super Bowl, uh, certainly never won one. You know, Tom Brady was inexperienced in his, his first run, but a rookie hasn't done it. But how, how good does he need to be? Especially, you know, with what they have around him and what they have on defense. I think that's the more interesting short-term question. It's like, mm-hmm. is he good enough right now to pull it off? I don't know. I think we're going to, you know, this late season stretch, I think will teach us a lot in that regard, especially with a road game in Buffalo against a a really, really tough Bills team. Uh, But for years, I think that was, you know, in Ian O'Connor's book about Bill Belichick, uh, he quotes an assistant who said, you know, something to the effect that Belichick often thought, you know, he could win with league average quarterback play. Um, And, you know, that because of how they play, you know, system-wise, how they play defense, you know, the way they don't beat themselves, that there was a certain level of quarterback that he needed to win and that maybe he didn't need. And, you know, of course, he's not sitting here saying, like, I'd rather have a worse quarterback. But point being, what you bring up about, you know, the contract and um, this rookie window, well, is Mac Jones going to command, you know, who knows what the quarterback landscape will look like, you know, oh, it'll be a lot more in four and, years. And, that's for sure. <laughs> and, you know, and, or what he will become, what he'll be worth, you know, they got a, a discount on Tom Brady a lot of the times, but, you know, and obviously who the hell knows how long Bill Belichick will coach. That's a whole nother conversation, yeah. but it's, yeah. it's interesting. Like how good does Mac Jones even need to be right? Like a lot True. of the times it's like this race to the top, like, but it's like if he's seventh or eighth best in the league and everything else around him is working the way it is, is that good enough? Like, yeah, right probably now, is. Probably at, is. Right now, as as it stands, he's a, he's a top half of the league quarterback. I mean, you could make an argument he's like flirting with the top 10. Um, I wouldn't put him there, but others are, are jumping to that, that conclusion and. PFF loves him, which probably makes Bill's fans even angrier. It's like. <laughs> I, the other th- thing too is that like there's weird as different as he and Josh Allen are I find some similarities in the narrative around these guys because everybody had their mind made up about who Josh Allen was before the draft mm-hmm. and a lot of people had their mind made up about who Mac Jones was before the draft he was a system guy surrounded by a ton of talent at Alabama not a strong arm not not a lot of upside but he's pro ready and he'll be an average quarterback Josh Allen's narrative was different, but people were dug in. And now you've got people that think just like people were early and thought Josh Allen was really good and there was pushback. Same thing with Mac Jones. Like there's a lot of people fawning over the guy and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pushback from people that are like, oh my God, people are getting out of, you know, carried away and, and the whole thing. So I find some similarities in in their narratives and uh, how they're perceived and dealing with some of that outside outside noise. It seems like people, both of them, people had their mind made up about who they were. And I think in both cases, it was wise to come off of that a little bit. And the extremes that people live on with both of these quarterbacks aren't, you know, Mac Jones is not the next Tom Brady. He also isn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Josh Allen, same thing. 
you know, as things were going along. Usually the truth is somewhere in the middle, and I think that's the case with both of these quarterbacks. Yeah, and a big part for why being just good enough might be enough is the fact that the Patriots' defense is unbelievable. Like, watching them work in unison together, and what I found interesting is, you know, going and tracking their last five weeks – the Bills have almost doubled the amount of times they have played man-to-man coverage than the Patriots the last five weeks, which is, you know, you, you think of the Patriots' defense, and it's like, oh, man-to-man coverage for the most part, and then uh, and then figure it out the rest of the way. But they've been they've been mostly zoned, like almost 80% over the last five weeks. And They I, totally it, flipped after yeah. the Cowboys game. They t- Why was that? Switched. Uh, first six weeks of the season, they were super man-heavy. And I think they figured it out. They said, this isn't working. Uh, This isn't, you know, this is not um, what we're best at. Jonathan Jones got hurt. I think that was part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a, you know, big part of, you know, what they're able to do in man coverage. But I think they identified something after that Cowboys game. It It was the worst game they've had all season as a defense. And I think they realized, you know, a credit to the the staff to just completely flip what you do. But they are, you know, it's a, a good observation by you that they are almost predominantly zone. I think they played a little bit more man coverage last weekend. They're still mixing it in. Uh, they can still do it. But I think they just identified, like, personnel-wise, this is, you know, what they're going to be best at. And so they leaned into that. And um, obviously the results have been great. And, you know, the, the disguises and everything that they're able to do from zone coverage, I think has been a real headache for quarterbacks. Van Noy has, I I know everyone talks about Judon, but Van Noy is such an important piece that they got back because he does every, all the, all the little crap that, that uh, you'd never hear about. He does so much for them, whether it be rushing the passer or, or taking away, like the Chargers game, for example, taking away Austin Eckler so many different times when Herbert would be looking for him right right at the dump down. Like, it, to me, like getting guys back like that has been the under the radar stuff. And like Jalen Mills mixing in as, as their starting corner now, who's who's ha- been pretty good. You know, it, it looks like Kyle Duggar won't play in this game. You know, former Bills safety Kyle Duggar. But uh uh, but it, it just seems like all of these different guys that they've gotten to come back, whether it be um, Van Noy or, you know, on the offensive side, Trent Brown, like it, it just gels for them. And that's why I think we're seeing the surge. And like I, I went into the Patriots game skeptical like, when I went to watch the Patriots home. I went in skeptical because I'm like, OK. Are they just on a hot run after playing some pretty bad opponents? And I came away extremely impressed by them. Yeah, the defense is nasty. Yeah, uh, they're especially really good. since that Cowboys game, and even before that, it's not like they were they were bad. That game in particular, they weren't great. Dak Prescott really carved them up, but they gave Tom Brady fits uh, and probably should have won that game. Uh, they were a missed field goal away. They really should have beat the Cowboys. Uh, but the way the defense has flipped a switch since that Cowboys game has been pretty crazy. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And I do think Duggar is a tough loss, but I think Van Noy does make up for some of it. Um, you know, having Van Noy, having the linebackers that they have, uh, Bentley and Hightower, 
the fact that the you know Duggar is basically an extra for them, right? Like they have Adrian Phillips and Devin McCourty. Adrian Phillips can do a lot of what Kyle Duggar can do. Um, they don't, you know, they trade Stephon Gilmore in the middle of the season. Jalen Mills is out there playing cornerback. He's playing fairly well. Yeah, um, that's what I know, mean. Out of I nowhere, think he's, you know, and he took a lot of heat early in the season locally, and probably for good reason. But I feel like he's hung in there really well. You know, former safety and has. Uh, you know, maybe that's a guy that that the Bills can target, but I think he's he's playing well. The Buccaneers tried to throw at him a lot, and the zone suits him well. I think. Yeah, and I think that's part of what you know. They have Miles Bryant in the slot now, where Jonathan Jones was playing, and he's a zone guy from college who played some safety. Um, you know, it's not drastically different to you know some of what makes the Bills so good in the secondary. Uh, it's making it hard to identify what they're doing and, you know, what they're seeing, you know, Matthew Judon's the first one to say, you know, a lot of his sacks are like coverage sacks because, you know, quarterbacks are confused and holding the ball for a half second longer. And you don't have a half second longer when Matthew Judon's coming. And, you know, that's the difference between a seven or eight sack season and a, you know, 11 and a half or whatever he's sitting at now. So, you know, J.C. Jackson gets a lot of the a lot of the love because he gets a lot of interceptions. But it's a it's the way they play as a team, and I think the safeties and linebackers are probably you know the most dangerous part about about this defense. And after a while, you know, weeks go by and they're stacking up turnovers. It's not just you know good fortune, right? You know, th- they're good. <laughs> you know, they're opportunistic and they take the ball away. And they have a lot of talented, you know, guys with good ball skills in the back end. So that's where, you know, their best chance in this game and in most games is, is forcing Josh Allen into some mistakes because they take advantage of seemingly every mistake, set the offense up in good positions, score themselves sometimes. It's been pretty crazy to see how it's all come together, especially that's why I say like that, that game the last time these two teams played seems like forever ago, um, almost 12 months ago, and the Patriots are just totally different from yeah. a personnel standpoint. Yeah, the roster is – and I did the same thing as you did. They, they – the amount that they have added over the offseason um, and not even just the big moves, like the little moves, it's – it's a legitimate difference from last year. Yeah, right, Van Noy was wasn't there last year. Right, he was you in know, Miami. He wasn't an opt out. He was just gone for a year in Miami. Yep. Took uh, a Hightower, vacation. At- Hightower wasn't there. Uh, Judon obviously. Barmore yep. has been a beast at at defensive tackle. Yeah. Like, and Jaylen he's a part time guy too. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you know they're all of a sudden like the personnel really started to to click and not every free agent signing was a hit for them. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got like Henry Anderson was barely on the field and Nelson Aguilar hasn't done much, but when you throw enough at the wall, some of it's going to stick. And when you spend 160 million, you know, you're going to, you're going to have some hits and they've, they've had a few home runs. Yeah, certainly. All right. I know we're, we're up against some time here, so uh, let's get into the prediction and dare I say, the Shaq Lawson meditation prediction hour throwback little, little throwback for the for the fans of the pod 
Um, so the Bills are three-point favorites at home Monday night against the Patriots. Uh, Matthew Fairburn, I'll let you lead the way. Um, who do you got? Uh, I think the what's the over/under like forty-three and a half? If I if I if I have that right, it's something it's something low. Um, let's see. Well, you know, we do this every time. I I swear this is not a bit. I just legitimately forget to look until right as we're about to do it. Bet MGM has the line currently. Thrilling podcasting again. Uh, oh, they don't even list it on there. Uh, it's forty-two and a half now. So the the over under is forty-two and a half. Bills favored by three. Matthew Fairburn, who do you have to win straight up? Who covers the spread? And what's the over under? You know, it's interesting. I have not made a prediction for a game. Ooh. All season long, ooh, been kind of a a departure here. I, Slipping under the I radar. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't podcast out there, and I don't, you know, put it in anything I write. You know, just kind of, you know, let the games happen. So I was thinking about that this week. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to pick the game again. Um, <laughs> and you know, there's been some people here asking me because you know of my familiarity with the Bills. When I think about this game, I've thought, you know, I I do have a hard time seeing the Bills run away with it the way that they did. I think we're looking at a game that's a lot closer to what the first matchup between these two teams was. And thinking back to the fact that the Patriots almost upended that Bills team with Cam Newton at quarterback and everything else that they had going wrong, you know, I think they have a real chance here. It's hard to... It's hard to, I'm out of practice on picking games, so it's hard to have a tremendous amount of conviction. But <laughs> I, because there's a few things that hold me up on the Patriots, there's a few things that hold me up on the Bills. And I think the main thing I wonder about with the Patriots is Mac Jones on the road with potential weather against the toughest defense that he's faced all season long. And the things that hold me up about the Bills are, you know, the way they've really been back and forth, it seems like, throughout the season uh, over the last month and a half or so. I think there's a lot that that stacks up in the Patriots' favor from a matchup standpoint. It's a matter of whether Mac Jones can kind of keep just doing what he's done. He hasn't had – the reason I say it's so much different than Josh Allen, like there haven't been those games like Lambeau uh, for Josh Allen or, you know, these – he hasn't had those, and almost every rookie does. He had a bad game against the Saints. He's had bad games, but things haven't gotten totally out of sorts for him. And the Bills have a defense that could do that to him for sure, and I know that they probably have a really good plan. So I think this could be an ugly game. I like the under. I'm going to go with the Patriots, um, and I'm going to – because, you know, I like the points, uh, and in a straight-up, Straight up, I'll say the Patriots win. I think it's going to be really close. But the way their defense is playing, I think, is going to present some problems for Josh Allen, the way he's turning the ball over. And I think that could be enough to win. I also think that the Patriots have pretty big advantage in special teams. And there could be some points that um, that happen in this game, whether it's field position or otherwise. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't you know, 
go scrambling down to the sports book uh, based on my words, but I'll say the Patriots won a close, close game, and the under is is what you want. Yeah, and we are not advocates of the under usually here uh, on the Buffalo beat, but no, yeah. but this could be a, a more fun under than a thunder, like, if you will. Yeah, two defenses that when they're really humming, you know, can be fun to watch. I know. I know our good friend Tyler Dunn will will like uh, a nice throwback, <laughs> ugly, bad weather, run the ball type of game. That's where you know, as much as the weather and everything could play a factor for Mac Jones, you wonder if I mean the Bills haven't been all that great when it gets nasty out either. Uh, Josh Allen doesn't really like it much. If if that can take some of the air out of the ball in the Bills passing game, that could be even even more of an advantage for the Patriots. I don't know. I posed this question to to Tim yesterday, Tim Graham, and I texted Rodak as well just because I was, and I mentioned it in the Patriots media room, when was the last time a game meant this much, a Bills-Patriots game meant this much to both teams? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, Rodak texted back in about, 45 seconds and said November 1998 you know he pulled it right you know had a, a game in mind right away and I think he was right I mean you could say the lawyer Malloy game uh you could go back that meant more to ago. the Bills um 2011 well, meant more to the Bills the Patriots didn't really care because it was at the beginning of the year 2019 the Bills sort of had a shot at the division when they went to Foxborough late in the that's season right. but that's right it still felt a little early right like mm-hmm. it was like eh, second year for Josh Allen Tom Brady was still there like it just didn't feel like this game feels where the division is legitimately hanging in the balance. Last year, obviously, the Patriots weren't a threat. They're back, and it's probably the first time since before Belichick arrived that these two teams, I think when I counted it, they've been to the playoffs the same year twice since Belichick was there. So, you know, I think that tells you it was 2017 and 2019. This would be the third time. So, it's a different chapter of this rivalry where it might actually be a rivalry for the first time. You know, mm-hmm. it's always meant something to Buffalo and now it's starting to mean more to the Patriots. And so it makes it a hard game to predict, which are my favorite games because you walk into the stadium and you don't really know what's going to happen. And Absolutely. I think that's, that's the fun part of this one. Yeah. Um, I, I'm with you on a lot of what you said for for how this game might unfold. I, I think the Bills uh, can do some nice things if I, I think there's a chance. You know, last week they had Zach Moss as a healthy scratch. Uh, I would not at all be surprised if they had all three of their running backs up for this one. You know, maybe Zach Moss they they use that as a motivational tool to get him going. Plus, a lot of the the roster. The way that they um, have that lining up for this week with the return of Starla Tulele and the return of Spencer Brown, most likely. Um, finding a spot for Zach Moss, even though he doesn't play special teams, I think is a lot more doable this week. So I would not be surprised at all if, you know, it, it all depends. It's like it's like the chess match, right? I, I think the, the Bills are probably going to, you know, try and make Mac Jones beat them and take away the run. And I think the Patriots are going to try and take away the pass and make the Bills beat them with the run, a lot like what the Bills did uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, I think it it was last year uh, when Clyde Edwards-Alaire kind of ran all over them. 
um, you know, in the Bills' favor if if the Patriots do go about it that way. You know, getting back Spencer Brown potentially, uh, he's and this has been like the most shocking development for me, Matthew. Like seeing how um, how indispensable he's become to the offensive line has been the biggest surprise of the season, bar none. Because when he's in the lineup, he's played really well. When when he's in the lineup, he makes everything better. Because Daryl Williams slides in into guard. Daryl Williams has been a nightmare at, on at offensive tackle for the most part this year. But when he's been an inside at guard, much better. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to get John Feliciano back this week, but I think in a run heavy game, I think that much more favors Ike Butker than it would be a, a pass heavy game. Uh, so I do think that the Bills will have some opportunities to you know get their running game on track a little bit more because they have some additional firepower on the offensive line, and that could help them open up the pass game a bit. Cole Beasley is going to be huge for this one. I think Gabriel Davis is going to be huge in this one. He's he's someone that I I have been, like, the last three weeks, I've been standing atop the mountain with a with a flag in, in the ground saying they need to give this dude more time because he's their best blocking uh, receiver. Um, he's their most explosive receiver outside of uh, – uh, 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 Stefan Diggs, and he just needs more time. He's getting under 50%. So I think the Bills' offense will have their chances. Defensively, it slightly concerns me. I think they're going to be able to stop the run, but you know the Tredavious White injury is just worst timing possible. Like Dane Jackson is going to be tested a lot in this game, and it's going to be mostly in zone, maybe, maybe in man. Like maybe that's their solution to try and get some pressure on Mac Jones to get him off his timing and and that that's the plan, but the man especially because the receivers for the Patriots aren't like incredible, um, it's just that Dane Jackson factor. And if you're playing a bunch of man, Levi Wallace and man coverage is a little bit frightening to me from a Bills perspective, even though the receivers for the Patriots aren't that great. So all that said, like J- Jacoby Myers is is pretty good. I, I like him a bunch, but you know, born is born is sneaky. He's, he been, is, he uh, is sneaky he, as he's gotten involved in the offense more. They've, you know, had some success with him. Aguilar. He's fast, but that's about it. Uh, yeah. But Ag- Aguilar, I think his footwork can challenge both Jackson and Wallace. So I think there's some opportunities there. Yeah. Aguilar seems like he doesn't just match up quite perfectly with Mac Jones's what Mac Jones does yeah. well yeah. right now. That might yeah. change, but they're tied to him. I mean, that contract doesn't look terrific right now. Yeah, the yeah. the receivers are okay. The tight ends, you know, Hunter Henry's better, but I think the Bills don't have much trouble no. in that area. No, I think Born Born and Aguilar, you know, might have a chance to test test those guys on the outside. And it's definitely an interesting Cole Beasley game because Miles Bryant is, you know, still He's played better than I think a lot of people expected replacing Jonathan Jones, but that's still a, a but little also, bit of a trouble spot. But also, if they play 80% zone, how much does Miles Bryant really matter against Cole Beasley? Yeah, it's it's going to be about a group effort yeah, stopping, exactly. stopping exactly. him. So, you know, and, they, Beasley, and, and Beasley has been a step slow this year. And, and It seems that way from, yeah. from afar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and hey, you know, I don't know. Who knows? It... it, it a year ago, it looked like he might get another contract in Buffalo. Now that looks like a ridiculous yeah. notion um, yeah. for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> um, but yeah. 
but yeah, it's a it's an interesting game. Like the longer Josh Allen's sitting in the pocket, the more trouble he's going to have. I think you know getting mm-hmm. the ball out quickly is going to be important, and that's where I think Beasley comes into play. And I'm sure uh, you know the Patriots know that it's such an interesting chess match yeah. between two teams that are so familiar with each other, and they have to see each other again in a few weeks. And potentially again in the playoffs, so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's really you know fun for all those reasons. Yeah, and to the Bills' credit, um, they got the ball out of Josh Allen's hands really quickly last week. It was his second lowest time to throw average on the on the season at two point four three seconds. The offense looked great. He completed his highest amount of passes, um, his highest completion percentage I think of his career at eighty two point one. His really only mistake was Stefan Diggs' mistake for an interception. And then um, with uh, his second interception, I believe he was hit uh, before he delivered the pass. So he was just on it all game. And they had a really good game plan for a pretty solid Saints defense. So, um, so yeah, there's there are so many different ways. I think, I think the Bills will have some success moving the ball. I just wonder how successful they'll be in, in punching it in and taking advantage of the opportunities that they will have. So for my pick, I'm with you. Uh, I, I did not think heading into the week that I was going to pick the Patriots, but after watching the film and seeing how well their defense plays in unison, also they've been ridiculously healthy, um, which is plays a big part to this. Uh, and, and in their run, because, you know, seeing, comparing their lineup from, what was it, week eight against the Chargers to last week against the Titans, basically the same thing, and they just added Trent Brown. Um, so I'm I'm going to pick the Patriots to win this one. Uh, I, I have the Patriots winning 19-17, to 17, so I'm with you. I'm on team under, and uh, I think this could be an ugly game. One where uh, some field goals will reign supreme, and uh, and I think the way that I have it in my head is the Bills having a lead late, and then the Patriots kicking a game-winning field goal to win it. Yeah, it's going to be uh, Nick Folk's been really good. Uh, yeah, really solid. I'm interested to see if we get any of the uh, Shaq Mason, Trent Brown, Mike Onwenu all on the right side of the offensive line with the fullback in the mm-hmm. backfield for the Patriots. It's like a thousand pounds of human on the right side of their offensive line. Oh, I would benched. not be surprised. Yeah, they put Mike Onwenu on the bench when Trent Brown came back and kept Ted Karras at guard, you know, and a lot of people were bent out of shape about it, but they throw Mike Onwenu out there sometimes as a tackle eligible or a tight end eligible or whatever and oof. Yeah. It's a lot of human. And uh, here, that's, here's a reason why we could see it, because the Bills do not go three linebacker, or they have not at all this year. They've they've gone Taron Johnson 100% of snaps almost every single game. And uh, I would I would be shocked if the Patriots didn't try to get super heavy and try to get A.J. Klein on the field, try to force the Bills' hand. Or maybe it's the Bills' plan to put A.J. Klein on the field more than, than they have been previously and change up their tendency that way. But anytime A.J. Klein's on the field... I don't think it's uh, you're substituting AJ Klein in for Taron Johnson. That's not a good scenario, even though you're giving up um, you're giving up some size. Yeah, it's it's like you said, chess match. Going to be so interesting. We're going to have a lot to write about after the fact. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, um, and I'm looking forward to divvying this uh, this game up after the game, getting the band back together with you and Tim. That's going to be fun. Yeah, it's. Um... It's going to be fun to be back in that stadium. And 
I'm expecting perhaps the best atmosphere of any game I've ever covered there. And um, wow, I'm trying to think of other ones that might be able to top it where it just mattered like this Mm -hmm. between these two teams. It's uh, it's it's a cool matchup. It's it's one of those ones where I'm you know glad I'll be able to be in the stadium and and take it in and see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, I didn't necessarily expect the Patriots to be at this point that or these two teams to be at this this point right when they were two and four and the Bills looked like they were going to run away with the the division and then as the winning streak started and the Bills had that loss in Jacksonville, it was like all right here they come. Like mm-hmm. here it goes. It was like feels like three or four weeks. I've I've been mentioning this stretch of games for the Patriots. That was Titans, Bills, Colts, Bills, where you know you learn quite a bit about a team, and this one more than any other um, is is that game for this Patriots team. And I think the Bills have a lot to learn about themselves too. So, oh yeah, can't wait to be be back in the area. And then the the Patriots are on by, so we're gonna get a little extra time in in Western New York. It looks like there's plenty of snow in the forecast, and so uh, looking forward to to spending some time with with the family up there and uh, seeing lots of people that that we miss a great deal. Oh yeah, a beer or two shall be had. That's for sure. Um, all right, Matthew Fairburn. I know you already did it, but for the sake of the bit, any fond words or farewell? Those were my fond words. Of that's that's the bit. That's the bit. It's you know. <laughs> what what can you do? I mean, I I always jump the gun. Next time, I need to wait and wait until prompted. I'm always you know jumping the gun on that. <laughs> well, you're so thoughtful. So you 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 got to the point where like yeah, you know, seeing all the people that 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 we miss a great deal is very very heartwarming, and then. You know, I just hit you over the head with a stupid question at the end. That's 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 the beauty of the bit. It was all tied in a neat bow, and now it's messy. The end yeah. of the podcast is all all messy as as it always was. Yeah, I think it's I think it's quite on brand for us. All right, Matthew Fairburn, thanks so much for the uh, trip down memory lane, and can't wait to uh, see how this one unfolds. All right, so uh, that'll do it for us here on the Buffalo Beat. Uh, be sure to hang out uh, after the game as we go to uh see what the bills will do whether or not they're able to win and then uh then we'll break it all down with uh with matt bovey after the game so it should be fun all right everybody for matthew fairburn my name is joe biscalia thanks for listening to this extended episode of the buffalo beat and we will talk to you after the game see you then